Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, it's the second part of a two-part interview. I'm joined by Jim Ryan, owner of Ryan's Farm, who operates a premium on-farm butchers alongside his farm in Kells County Meath. On this week's episode, Jim describes how he manages the cattle from purchase to finish and tips he has for farmers considering this career path. We now buy in um, small Angus and Hereford heifers, anything from about six months, seven months, uh, up to about a year, up to about 13 months of age. They come, they, we buy them all year round, but we haven't been able to buy them, very little of them for the last four months because they've been very, very expensive. But they come into us and we graze them grass fed until they become fit. We don't feed meal. Um, the, 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 there's 220 um, mid-season yo, uh, yos here, they're lambed and what they call it, they're fed with the cattle. We graze the sheep, uh, the, all the sheep are always running through the cattle. They always graze them together. But we, we don't top that much. We, we find very little need for topping. And what are the targets that you are using for the heifers once they come onto the farm over the first winter? Well, what we generally do with them, if the, the bulk of them do come in, in here in September, October, November, they, they generally go on two kilos of rolled barley, which we roll ourselves. And what do you call it? They stay on that till about the first week in January, and then they go on good silage to, to let out. And once they're turned out, how are they managed then? Um, they run through the... Sh- they, we don't have to separate them, but we generally keep about 16 to 20 of the best of the cattle are generally kept in the, in the, in the fields gen- next to the cattle sh- shoots. So they're, they're easily loaded every, every week when we go out to get them. But we don't run a, a paddock-based system, but, but we do move cattle about if someplace gets strong with the number of sheep. We're not strictly paddock-based, but we do move, move numbers around if, if, something gets, if something gets ahead of us. What size group do you manage then with yours and heifers? Oh, we could, it, could, it could be Anthony, it could be, what do you call it? There could be, say, 25, 25, what do you call it? Um, 25, 30 cattle running with 50, 70 yos and their lambs. And moving on to the finishing period then, what are you looking for the heifers to achieve over that time? Well, but we're, we, generally, we generally are killing the Hereford and the Angus cattle anywhere from 220 to 290 kilos dead weight. We don't feed meal, I believe it to be nothing but a bad habit. And what do you call it? We simply wait for them. It's, it's patience. I'd often notice we'd be out looking at cattle and wonder, would we have fit cattle in two or three weeks' time? You know, and you get this urge, should you be feeding meal? But we're beginning to find just a patience and what do you call it? They come fit when they're ready. That's what the key thing for you is having a continuous supply for our customers. So how do you manage that aspect? Well, the, the, we, we would always be generally ca- ca- carrying some number of heifers more than we would want. And so they're, they're always there. And if we get a number of cattle that become too fit, we simply kill them in Moy Valley Meats. It doesn't happen too often. We would still, we'd let them off to Moy Valley Meats. And the lambs is not a problem because we can kill lambs dead weight for 18 to 26, 27 kilos dead weight. Our preferred lamb is 23. But if some of the lambs get heavy, it's not a problem. So we're not pushed. We, the fact that they're not being meat fed, they're not coming in in a big hurry. So we, even, we generally kill our lambs the whole way from June to to the following June. So they're here the whole year round and the lambs remained out all year round. Great. And you mentioned there that the sheep and cattle are mixed grazing. How do you find that they work together on the farm? I think it's absolutely vital. I think an awful lot of farms are after losing the key, the key to successful grazing because one one likes what the other doesn't want. And I would not, I absolutely would not be able to manage the farm here unless I had mixed grazing. The sheep are an absolute godsend because uh, there's no there's no pressure on, on on there's no pressure running out making round bales or anything like that. The the what do you call it? They just they're magnificent what do you call it um, combination together. 
And from a herd health point of view, what is your herd health plan? Um, we generally, what do you call it, the, 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 the cattle that come in from the sales October, November, we give them a, the, the, an IRB to get them one up the nose and we do them from rumen and fluke. We've got caught a few times with rumen and fluke and they're done for worms. That's really the it. That's it. And, and then put on two kilos of barley and that's them up and set up for the, set up for the winter. And once they're turned out to grass the following year? Yes, we do try to isolate them. When they do come home from the sales, they don't go down to the slatted shed. They go on to a straw bedded shed. And we tend to give them, um, a, a, what do you call it, um, an injection, a seven-day cover injection when they do come, especially on the cold nights and everything. And they would go on a hay diet, say, for certainly a week away from the others before we'd let them down. And from once they're turned out to grass the following summer, how are they managed? Just twice. The dose twice. We did them on the back twice this year for, for who's I was it. When we hear them coughing, we do them. And like many farmers that you are for be a quality assured, what do you do differently now or what are you more aware of seeing that you're seeing the produce brought to the other side that you weren't doing before you started your business? I think the biggest, biggest change is, is the patience we have now. We don't, we're, we're, we're certainly not, you know, just driving out of cattle and meal feeding the lambs and meal feeding the cattle. The business we're at now, thankfully that's all gone. There's absolutely no need for it. Um, the lambs, as I said earlier, they take their time. They cut, they come fit when, when they're ready, when they come fit. So there's, there's, there's been a massive change here for what we used to do. We don't spread fertilizer on any of the grazing ground. We haven't done it in seven years. The grass keeps coming and it appears to keep coming. I'm dumbfounded all the time that we we have lots of grass and enough grass, so we stock accordingly. So we've taken the, we've taken the big, we stopped all this bullying and rushing, and we have far far more far more patience than we used to have. And you're taking soil samples from that ground yes, in are. and targeting your slurry. Yes, yes, we do. And from the slurry as well, we do have to I see there's two ton of lime to go on a lot of the farm. It will get it. But it's strange. We have pulled back from the fertilizer and it's unbelievable to, to, the production of the farm still. I'm, I'm absolutely shocked at the grass that's coming. And from a labor point of view, now what you're inputting on the farm, I suppose you're divided between both the business and the farm. What Correct. is your labor input on the farm from the beef and sheep systems that you're operating well it, it, we can easily manage it now with the kids and 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 it's not a problem uh, we don't cut our own silage we don't spread our own um uh, um slurry so it's it's totally changed we can easily ma- we can easily manage what we're at now and we're certainly not overstocked if anything we're understocked but i'm quite happy to be understocked so it's a change of labor structure really moving from Kevin breeding etc and it's a massive change. It's a massive, massive change because you've, um, the absolute priority is to, to arrive at the markets with all product 100% and be fit to sell. And, and nothing, gets, nothing, nothing can get the, the way of that. We, we never, we are in Dublin every Saturday morning at half past six. We're in trim at eight o'clock. And that's where we need to be with everything 100%. So at home becomes very secondary. It, at home has to suit that business. The home farm has to suit that that cater for that for what's what's absolutely important now labor is a big factor with regard to the long hours you're putting in at the market and i suppose farm to fork is something that many farmers listening would have thought about at some stage or other what advice have you for someone thinking about starting up a farm to fork business um i would go back to the the key advice is um we've a lot of things have changed since since we started the biggest change of all is you must involve the right people um, I would I, I would say what would be very important important to consult would be a food accountant. We have a wonderful accountant now that we didn't have when we started, and he, he, his training is in food and his, in spirit, his experience is in food production. So so I would go with figures 
these people know that know what you need to do before you even think of it. So it's absolutely is a food accountant. I would I call and our Andy he's a food accountant, but that, he he's been the most important cog in the wheel here. All key decisions. The, the, and the biggest advice I would make is try not to make all the big decisions when you're under pressure. We, Pamela and I would never make a decision here until we consulted, had a three-way meeting with our, our uh, brilliant Chagas advisor, Aidan Fleming, and our accountant, Andy Smith. We find that most critical because it's very easy to make a bad decision when you're not, not well informed. Some great advice, Jim. Thanks very much and I wish you continued success in your business. Thank you very much. That's all for this week's episode and my thanks to Jim for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.